0: I
1: believe we are live. Intro in five, four, three, two, one. Hello, all you Sprytubers Tubers and Twitchers out there! Welcome to the Could You Do It Better podcast. We're filmmaker, gamer extraordinaire, and the behind-the-scenes awesomeness known as Sesh, and the writing and directing sensation known as Maria discuss popular television shows and movies, and answer the always controversial question of. Could you do it better? Today, we will be discussing episode three of Damon Lindelof's The Watchmen television series, as inspired by Alan Moore's graphic novel. And as for me, I'm Jonathan, and unlike our two experts, have no industry experience whatsoever. In other words, I'm much like good old Sheriff Judd, a pale corpse who's the first thing you throw on a bomb and use as a blast shield while you safely get out of harm's way. And now, to sesh, and ah. maria <laughs>
0: Woo. we're not corpses
1: yeah but yeah welcome to to episode three uh it's been a fun fun series so far huh i
2: think so yes
1: um so are 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 we ad-libbing a recap this time around
2: um
0: whatever yeah. you feel comfortable with corpse oh boy <laughs> um, i mean we could do it one piece at a time if you like where we each take out a segment <laughs> no worries
1: no worries uh the first thing i will say is warning uh spoilers uh to uh mm-hmm. hopefully you've all both- you all have seen um, uh, the uh, at least uh, episode three of the series of The Watchmen. Uh, we will be going into it in detail, and at the end, we'll be giving a ratings. Uh, we'll ask a few questions, and it'll be uh, good fun for all, uh, hopefully. So as a quick recap, uh, we have a hard-nosed woman who uh, is basically looking like she's robbing a bank. But actually, no, she is the anti-vigilante task force. She gets roped in uh, by the government uh, to go ahead and determine what happened to the chief of police by saddling her with a sidekick named Petey. Very lovable, not sure what he brings to the table as well. (laughs) (laughs) She arrives in the heart of Tulsa where the craziness is still unfolding, discovering this mystery uh, where she uh, makes fun of all the cops acting like children and uh, decides to go to the funeral where apparently there was no security whatsoever. Uh, An assailant comes in from the seventh cavalry trying to abduct the young senator who is against. uh, Well, not quite sure yet. (laughs) But
0: um, Ooh, yeah. that guy.
1: But um he gets held hostage where this tough detective who we now know is um who we now know is Silk Spectre 2, well, older. <laughs> oh, <my God>. what? <laughs> she takes a shot. She kills him, but he had a bomb attached to his heart. They blow it up. She talks to Angela Abar about what is about what is going on. She knows things are weird, mm-hmm. and that is where we end the episode. Ooh, nice. right. <laughs> also, there are jokes involved and phallic objects. Sure. Does that does that sum it up? Yep. Um. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> now we can move straight to the questions. You've all been caught up. We're good to go. Next time it'll be funnier. I promise. I'll plan it. <laughs>
2: All right, so our first question is, could you deal with police safety better than putting them in masks? Um, Let's see, let's start with Jonathan on that one.
1: Um, All right, so if you look at it from the perspective of the government and police force, wearing masks to keep their identity safe does make sense considering the white knight, but it also creates a major issue. And quite simply, it's that wearing masks dehumanizes uh both the person who's wearing the mask and everyone that person sees and this can actually be seen in our own world with how many of us act or behave on the internet once one creates their witty screen name gamer tag or alias providing them their anonymity and personal security and they get past that you know 15 minute feel out period where they engage in helpful comments and impart their knowledge to the benefit of mankind The tendency often becomes to troll others, uh, make crude comments, and comments that most of those same people would actually never say in person to anyone. And in that way, we all have a tendency to become vigilantes who like hearing ourselves talk and beating our adversary senseless uh, with our always logical thoughts, of course. (laughs) Um, In wearing the masks, the police are no longer looking to protect people or protect the law of order, Instead, they're looking to inflict the law on whomever catches their eye. And thus, be they become the enemy of the people that the 7th Cavalry says they are. And a vicious cycle of unending violence erupts. So if masks don't work, what would? And the answer here is less about hiding the police officers and more about responding to the 7th Cavalry themselves. By taking the action of the white knight and assaulting a government-run entity, They've declared themselves a domestic terrorist organization, an enemy of the state. Or at least they should have. Meaning that the U.S. government should actively fight a war against them to protect the republic. You take away the right to assemble, any known member of the group gets incarcerated, you freeze all known members' bank accounts, and you smoke them out, both through espionage and infiltration, much like you would any terrorist organization. Protect the police officers by actually protecting them, in other mm-hmm. words, Instead of allowing them all to pretend they're back alley Batman.
2: Wow, that's a really good answer. Oh, thank you. I I had a weaker version of that answer. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) So, um, I guess I'll go next. I can't remember how we went last time, but I'll yeah. Okay,
0: (laughs) that's only first. Whoever that—that's the test dummy. (laughs) So
2: um, I, I think police safety is tricky. I'm not sure how people keep police safe in this reality mm-hmm. as opposed to that one. Um, I think masks are a bit silly, but I understand the need for them in this universe. It's it's not just for privacy, but for giving the police a sense of invincibility, ability to fight without fear. That's interesting psychologically. However, like you said, that anonymity can turn a person into a monster. So, yeah. Well, I don't have to be me anymore. I'm untethered. I can go whack anybody. So um, I think the danger to the police is still there just from an enemy within. Um, I think the questions should be, why is the cavalry attacking and killing police? Police aren't all that. I mean, they provide society, even the cavalry with protection, uh, allegedly, you know. So if, (laughs) if, if they're doing it out of racism, then why not attack everyone of a different color? You know, what is the cavalry after? So are they afraid that the police will find something they're up to? So um, much like you said, I think the police shouldn't have to change their entire way of doing things over a hate group. Um, I would say the police should relocate their families to a military compound until the reason behind the attacks are are sussed out. And then um, even though that would be big, it's not impossible.
1: Who would be filling in for the police in that capacity if they were to do that for years?
2: Well, what I'm saying is their police are still going to be policing, Mm -hmm. but their families will be living. Oh, their families. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't have to worry mm. about that. All right. So, interesting.
0: Sesh, what are you thinking? So i actually i think dramatically i think it's a really fantastic way a uh, fantastic way to show the nuance and complications of an american police force and how our timeline compares to uh, i'm calling it the uh, Watchmen verse <laughs> um no i don't think it would answer most of the problems we have a- police violence, namely. Um, I think it might embolden them to be more violent, actually. And I wonder if the white knight was actually the excuse needed to finally give the cops masks, just like the vigilantes. Um, That was one of my ideas there. I think, uh, I think it's like I don't think it's a great solution either like the anonymity the masks provide isn't the same as what should actually be happening with all of the police officers Uh, maybe it is but we haven't seen it yet but like do all of the cops have cover story fake jobs like Angela does have that has that been established because that would be something that they could find out it's like oh they're a cop even if they don't know which one might live where they could still find out if like they, you know, new names or like just if you're on the job and wearing a mask that's different. And they haven't really said that they went as far as that. Um, uh, and I, you know, they've, they've just covered the officer's faces as if that would have prevented the white night. And I'm waiting to see if they do mention how far they go to actually protect the police identities. I don't know if we'll see that because so far the police officers themselves are not a huge part of the, Uh, story as far as our main characters go. Um, I also wonder if this in this world, there's different racial violence and tensions between police and people like the police force and Watchmen. Maybe it's properly diverse. And maybe that's why the white supremacist group is a threat to them. Uh, It'd be interesting. It's an interesting type of twist I'd like to see and kind of expect in Watchmen-verse. But the other fun thing is that them wearing masks in the Watchmen world shows how the police have more in common with the Cape Fighters and the civilians. It's blurring the line without needing uh, to show us more details than that. It's implied with them just wearing the masks. And this highlights the completely polarizing views of our new Antagonist protagonist Lori Blake, who is not about hiding behind a mask anymore. Wearing masks (laughs) equals brilliant for story because look how much I've been able to talk about it already.
1: Yeah, that was was good. That was good.
2: Yeah. All right. So, our next question is Could you lead an anti vigilante task force better than Lori Blake? (laughs) I.e., could Lori Blake have handled the funeral hijacking a little better?
1: Jonathan? You know, I don't I don't care what anyone says. Lori's a freaking rock star. I, I, mean, I mean, it is beyond hilarious that her whole basic philosophy of leadership can be summed down to shoot first and ask questions later. Um, now, some may question her methodology, but not I. <laughs> as, it's, a, it's a ton of fun just watching her in action, uh, talking down to all the cops, like they're young kids playing dress up cops and robbers. Uh, as for the funeral, I actually think she handled the shooter, okay. Uh, she saw an opportunity and took the shot, which is what you're supposed to do in that situation, quite frankly. Um, you allow them to take a hostage, things get even, even worse. Uh, to find out that he actually did have the bomb set up to his heart is surprising and also very unlikely. However, upon shooting, she should have told everyone there immediately to clear the area. My real issue though, oh. is with the security at the funeral. I mean, you have to expect that there could be a secondary attack there as all of Tulsa, including the expected killers, the 7th Cavalry, uh, to, to know all the police officers are going to be there. I mean, how do you not have a perimeter search around the fence and around the grounds going on? While this likely isn't Lori's jurisdiction at this point, she needed to at the very least ask questions about how security was going to be handled and give instruction as necessary. What went on was just so unnecessary. Had had security been doing their job, and it almost makes it seem as though someone was paid off. Hmm. Oh, and uh, one final thing: it is very unprofessional to sleep with your direct reports. So while well, <laughs> we do all love Petey, Lori shouldn't be loving
0: Petey. <laughs> he what? is doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs>
2: servicing (laughs) to the best
1: of his abilities workplace romances cause issues
0: (laughs) i don't 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 think there was romance (laughs) oh
1: man uh yep so that's all for me
2: (laughs) okay so um I think Lori Blake seems to be shooting from the hip and assuming she knows what to do because of her life experience. I think she shouldn't have let herself be known so fast. She should have been incognito, gotten all the documents on the issue, tried to find the cavalry people. Um, I would have been hiding and watching the funeral from a distance. Um, I would have let the scenario play out with the kidnapping and follow the kidnapper to see where he takes the politician. Um, only once I felt like I had a good handle on what everyone's motives are would I have started getting involved. Yeah, that's basically my my take on it. Sash, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of torn between that and thinking she's doing a great job. I <laughs> <laughs> think it, it's kind of a, a she's too gung ho, but also she's like really really skilled and she's also really really good at her job at the same time. Uh, I think it was uh, smart of them to they did have some security. Um, but it definitely would have been smarter to have somebody like stalking out, taking out the location to see if anything funny was going on nearby. Because they, they did have like a little bit up front and it was a very limited funeral and it was like, you know, that stuff. But it, it obviously was not enough and there should have been more. Um, and like something we've seen with Angela is she is superhuman level of skill at fighting and combat smarts and I think even though we aren't introduced to Lori's like fighting in this I feel like she is superhero level exceptionally skilled as a person too uh especially at her job (laughs) it's extremely skilled but I would say or really confident even despite the skill uh where she shows her hand too much she reveals herself too much um i I think she lets everyone know she's their enemy which can lead to her failing which probably doesn't happen too often or i'm sure she wouldn't do it this way but i think angela is not most people (laughs) so her sidekick pick was perfect too i love him he's great and her bringing him is already a great sign that she's um she's good at what she does um and when Lori confronts angela in the tomb and angela reacts with her sarcastic Ooh. I rewatched that like three times. I loved it so much. They're both so unafraid to uh, stand up and show how fearless they are. I don't know who that attitude is going to be more detrimental or beneficial to because I think they're both just extremely competent and I can't wait to see the next episode and dare I predict them being frenemies. I hope they become more friends. Yeah, yeah, no, no,
1: same here. The great dynamic. It was, uh, it was pretty fun watching it. And um, I know also for anybody who who watched the movie, especially um, when it came to uh, Laurie, a Silk Spectre too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know there was a lot of of disappointment there uh, from the fans. So it was pretty impressive the job that they did in uh, in, in in this episode and this series in general with. Uh, uh, really turning her into, you know, the uh, second coming of the comedian, you know, mm-hmm. and embracing that side of her. Uh, she is she is smart in the show, and mm-hmm. it is fun to watch.
2: Yeah, it was surprising, the intro intro of her character and how witty she is. and mm-hmm. It adds another level to the show. It's pretty nice. All right. So the much-anticipated question of the night, could you tell a joke to Dr. Manhattan better than Lori Blake? which was an amazingly woven joke throughout the episode all right let's start with uh sesh
0: <laughs> okay uh well no absolutely not i loved it <laughs> honestly uh, manhattan is uh definitely up there rolling on the ground laughing does he still laugh though He would be if he does. Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, I I really love this because I felt like it gave great exposition in a creative way to the audience who weren't already familiar with the comics and the movie. And it confirms some things for the audience who have been wondering the differences in the story from what they're probably familiar with, which is most likely the movie. Um, it shows lori as a person and her character and builds upon it along with the rest of the episode it also it also got a great punchline because we understand lori so much by the end of it i it really shows what she thinks like and um sorry I'm losing my face. and what her opinions are on the mass vigilantes she really does feel like the not masked, not godlike people are the good ones who make a difference in the end. And that's what she's aiming to be now. Uh, She's in an interesting spot where she's been extremely disillusioned by the mask world and the quote unquote good that they do. And I love this perspective coming from her with a history of fighting crime in a mask herself. We've seen similar anti-mask superhero perspectives and other superhero stuff, but it's way more interesting when it's coming from a past mask crime fighter. And honestly, it's very smart story-wise to take a step back away from Angela when they did and let us see what else is going on, especially with another interesting character. I loved Angela's and Lori's confrontation so much. Maybe I do have a Dr. Manhattan joke. Um, and I i mean, I just could not stop laughing at that ridiculous Manhattan dildo. <laughs> <laughs> like, <I> just, <laughs> just look at her face. I'm, okay. Okay. Here's here's a joke. For real though, I would rate this episode a uh, twelve inch out of ten. Heyo. <laughs>
1: That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So, Jonathan,
2: do you want to go
1: next? Uh. Well, I I thought this joke writing thing was mandatory. Uh, <laughs> oh, it is. Which, which, which just goes to show why I'm not the expert on this show. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. I'm going to try. We'll see how it goes. Three gods walk into wait, a Wait, bu- wait, wait. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. Calling, my phone. Man oh, oh, sorry. Dr. Man oh, no. Boy, this is, this is really, Where's really great. Where's
0: my phone? I didn't great even video. talk to him. Dang. Yes. They're holding up a blue phone. <laughs> yes.
1: For anybody who can't see. Excellent. Um, Prop work. Woo-hoo. All right. Uh, three gods walk into a bar arguing about which one of them is the one true god. They catch their breath just long enough to stroll up to the counter to order drinks, which the barkeep ever obliged hands them. The first god takes a long sip and drinks and says, mmm, just the way I like it, with the other two gods nodding in agreement while the barkeep stands towel in hand waiting for them to finish. The first god says, I am the one true god, for I am the god of intelligence. I know what all men are planning, and I can effortlessly coerce them to either do my bidding or have a giant psychic squid of my own making crush them like the bugs that they are. All capable of thought are my congregation, and I hold their strings. The second god just laughs, a big cigar hanging out of his mouth, and says, Ozzie, I knew you had an ego, but you're a straight-up loon, for I'm the god of comedy, and everything here on earth is one big joke. Capable of thought or not, all people take part of the same sick joke, including you gods. The joke is that you think you hold all the strings when really you're comedy's puppet. The third god scoffs, righteous indignation on his face. And who has to step to the wretched wasteland whose streets extend like gutters full of blood and excrement when intelligence fails and the laughter dies out? Me. God of justice. I hold man accountable when they can't even account for themselves. I spit in the face of intelligence and laughter, for those are just excuses for the filth that is humanity. And with that, the god with the shifting face slams his glass down. The first god turns to the barkeep and says, you, boy, what is your thoughts on this? Come on, make it snappy. And with that, the three gods explode. The barkeep answers. A god asked me if he was the one true god and to make it snappy. He wouldn't understand the answer. Twelve minutes ago, three gods walked into a bar. Gods no longer exist. Twelve seconds ago, I felt my fingers make contact. The barkeep begins clearing the empty glasses with the rag as he was inevitably tasked to do. Blue dong flailing in the wind. (laughs) Good joke. Everybody laughs. Roll snare drum, curtains.
2: Wow, wow, that was epic. A true story, <laughs> so epic. That
0: was pretty good. Wailing oh, in the wind. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm.
2: All right, all right, here it goes. I'm gonna pretend to take a little drink.
0: <laughs> oh yes, right. cheers, mm. cheers. Cheers, I'm, cheers. I'm sipping some tea as you who tell this joke.
2: <laughs> all right, here's my joke. <clears throat> I've always been told I have poor taste in men. I guess I could blame it on my mother, but she wouldn't care. I don't get it. I wore the skimpiest outfits imaginable in the name of saving lives, and the only man I could attract was a blue, naked, omniscient god. I tried telling my mom who I was dating, and she sounded more than a little, she said he sounded more than a little egotistical. She said that kind of guy never stays. I said, don't worry, mom, this love is out of this world.
1: Hey! <laughs> oh,
0: space
2: junk. All right, space I, also, junk. <laughs> I also have one more joke.
0: All right, All right, right we go. This let's is do a it. Short,
2: this is a short one, this is a short one. Why did the blue man cross the universe?
1: Why did he? <laughs>
2: he knows you wouldn't understand so don't worry about it boom
1: excellent 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 this is why we didn't write the show good job good job everybody cheers all around
2: amazing (laughs) now wait a minute before we get to ratings let's rate the jokes who told the best joke Anybody, any viewers Hi. out there want to <laughs> chime in, any of us? <laughs> I,
1: I, it's time to I vote this is now. Good. I think yours was pretty good. It was oh, funny. It was funny. Mine was not funny at all. But, I, don't
2: know. <laughs> I think that's what it's
0: supposed to be though. Like the comedian like her. I actually liked Sasha's joke, too. That Sasha's was good. was good, yes. <laughs> you know, I uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I I had that part was longer, but then it was long enough.
1: That was cute. That was cute. Hey, you get but, um, it.
0: You get it.
1: Yeah.
2: I think we tied on this one. I, I think, think we did good. I think different. we did good.
1: We'll find out later once they uh, start roasting us on the internet.
2: There we go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to hear their good jokes so they better. You I know. know, if anybody has jokes out there, let us know.
0: Watchmen jokes always good. Yes. Well, pertaining to this episode, Doctor Manhattan.
1: All right. So
0: some, we have low-hanging fruit.
1: <laughs> <is. Hey-o> again. <laughs> so uh, we have gotten to our final question uh, for the evening, which is uh, how would you rate this episode?
2: Um I'll begin. I I think this was very close to the first episode in terms of um it drew me in, the storyline was enticing. I, I loved a new level of the story with Lori Bream because I was afraid from the last episode that it would just start kind of petering out in interest. But now it's a whole nother level to the story. It was very, uh, I think the, the beats of the story, the the weaving of her character and her, and her need to reconnect with Dr. Manhattan into uh, bringing her into the drama of what the police force have to deal with was was incredible um i really liked it so
0: 9.5
1: 9.5 yes wow uh sesh
0: so i i feel like our own previous episode has now lessened because of this one and we did not think to use clones as test dummies for space travel which we obviously should have thought of in our previous episode, so I was a little hurt by that. But it made this episode better because that is, of course, what you should do when you can make your own clones, T- test dummies. It's great, it's perfect. Um, but you know, I I wasn't actually joking. Twelve out of ten. <laughs>
1: Twelve out of ten, very nice.
0: <laughs> Twelve out. Of, it was it was really great. It was absolutely like you said, like really enticing. I love the new conflict that they're adding because we very much like uh, Lori and like like I said, protagonist antagonist, like she's obviously on opposing sides to Angela in a lot of ways, but ultimately I think they still want the same thing. And just to see two different sides of that same coin is one of my favorite dynamics that we see in cinema at all. So I think it's gonna be really fun. She's just so well-written and uh, it's expanding the story and taking it in really great interesting directions instead of just laying it flat like I thought you know what this episode was gonna be was a whole bunch of them just asking her questions and her giving like all right answers and maybe kind of letting someone in on it and uh, that was it like that's what more most shows would do but this show was just so much smarter than that that it gave us Lori like or yeah (laughs)
1: no great uh but before i go i just want to say we did get a comment already from one of uh the people and uh in the audience uh who yes, also yes. rated it a 9.5 so well like nice. episode yeah. yeah um for me i guess wow i have to be the most sour one of, of everybody <laughs> but still um i i love the episode um honestly i thought it was fantastic um really i i thought how they they introduced Lori was just was just really good. I mean, um, she's a well-written character. Her interactions with Angela. I mean, we've gone over this extremely well. Um, I, I think the only reason i am rated a little lower is is solely due to comparison to to the episodes that came uh, before it. And I thought. Um, you know, especially in the first episode, uh, that that intro and that exit uh, that was bookended was just fantastic, along with the visuals in the first two. This one, uh, in terms of episodes, I think it did take a little step back, at least visually, compared uh, to, the, to, to the two before it. Um, and it's, it's really hard to judge against it, you know? Um, but for me, I would probably uh, rate it a solid nine which oh, okay. still is, yeah, no, that I is not dour at shaking all.
2: In my no, Negative no, no, Nancy. <laughs> no,
1: yeah. So, uh, uh, overall, I mean, what this whole entire series, I, I don't think we've rated anything below a, uh, if I remember correctly from last episode, uh, I don't think any of us really did anything under an 8.5 yet. No, I mean, it's been really good. Yeah. So, um, again, if uh, you've been listening to this podcast and haven't watched the show, which very peculiar but we appreciate. <laughs> um uh, definitely recommend watching it because yeah. uh, uh quite frankly this uh this episode uh this this whole series uh, has been a uh, masterfully well done. Uh, some of the best television that I've seen in the past past few years. Likewise. All right. Um so with that uh I guess it is time to say goodbye. Yes, it is. We go to outro. <laughs> That's
0: right. All
1: outro right. mode. Outro. <laughs> Thank you for visiting us and listening to us on the Could You Do It Better series uh, with Sesh and uh, Maria. We really appreciate your involvement. Uh, we have a lot of time, uh, again, discussing. Uh, this show with you and in general movies, ratings, et cetera. And, uh, again, we really appreciate uh, you listening and, uh, the interaction as well. Uh, we'll try having a little more interaction in the future, as long as people are, uh, are up to it and enjoy it and want to take, uh, take part in it. And, um, overall, uh, I think, uh, the plan still is to do this once every two weeks. Yes, that's, that's the, plan. the plan.
2: And we'll uh, post on our Facebook and uh, Twitter about times that we'll be actually recording uh, good. live.
1: Good. Uh, we did just get a question with where uh, we're located. We actually are located in different uh, locations.
2: We have... Well, our our... You can find us on Twitter and Facebook.
1: Oh, that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, could where is my physical <laughs> cool location right now?
0: <laughs> for the people listening Mars. to the podcast, you can't tell, but if you're watching the stream, you could clearly see the map right behind them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're in Westeros. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: we're in Westeros right now. Um, anyway, though, uh, th- <laughs> thank you all uh, very much. Episode four in two weeks. And uh, if you liked what you heard, please share, like, and subscribe. If you didn't like what you heard, share, like, and subscribe twice because that's what people who hate us should do to get their feelings across. <laughs> Other than that, um, thank you so much and see you in two weeks on Could You Do It Better?
2: All Bye, right. guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am.